This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the All Things Overlanding Podcast. Get ready to live, learn, and discover. Hey everybody, welcome to All Things Overlanding, Season 1, Episode 6. Um, on today's episode, you're going to be really excited because we're talking about taking an overlanding trip on a budget. Um, let's see if I can take a two-day trip for 25 bucks or less. If you want to hear more about it, stay tuned. So, as I mentioned, today's topic for the podcast slash vlog is overlanding on a budget. Um, a lot of people often ask me questions, you know, hey, I'm just getting started. I don't have a ton of gear yet. I don't really know, you know, how much an overlanding trip should cost me. Um, I see a lot of people on like Facebook groups and in forums asking a lot of questions like, you know, what's the first gear I should buy? What should I go get before I take my first trip? That kind of thing. Um, so what I wanted to do on today's podcast slash vlog is talk a little bit about how cheaply you can get out and explore your environment, check out cool new trails, national forests, things like that around you. And I'm confident that I can do it on a $25 budget for a two-day trip. So that being said, a couple things that we've got to take into account. I'm making some assumptions here, right? So I'm assuming you have a vehicle, right? Something that's pretty capable that can get you to where you want to go. Um, again, whether it's a car, a truck, an SUV, it doesn't matter if you have something that is reliable and safe that you can take out to go explore. Um, so that's assumption number one. Uh, assumption number two, I'm not including gas. I mean, because that's, that's kind of a, a crazy one that could be, you know, you could be going 20 miles away or you could be going 200 miles away. Depends on where you live, uh, what your goal is, and where you're trying to go. Uh, for your first trip, obviously, with it being a little bit of a new thing for you, let's say, if this is your first trip going out and overlanding, um, I would recommend not going too far. Like, don't pick three states away, an eight-hour drive to go on your first trip. Make sure that your vehicle is reliable. Make sure that you're confident in your driving skills. Make sure that you understand what you need to pack to make it on that trip. So for your first one, just get out there and try something. Because I guarantee you, even if you go 20 minutes away to a state park or something like that, you're still going to learn a ton in that one or two day trip. Um, and if something goes wrong and your vehicle breaks down, then you're not stranded out in the middle of nowhere with an expensive tow bill or, you know, calling up friends with trailers, trying to get them to come and pick you up, that sort of thing. So for your first trip, just kind of keep it close. Um, but regardless of where the trip is, I'm assuming that, you know, the gas is not going to be included in this 25 bucks because it's so variable. So that's kind of assumption number two. Assumption number three, I am assuming that you have some sort of accommodation. So whether you're sleeping in your vehicle, whether you've got a hammock, whether you have a tent, 
maybe a cot or a ground pad. You have something like that. Um, again, it doesn't have to be fancy. You could literally have a $3 tarp from uh, Harbor Freight, for example, and a sleeping bag and another tarp to lay on the ground. You could do that. I wouldn't recommend it. It wouldn't be very comfortable, but you can totally do it. So that's assumption number three. You have some sort of thing that you can use to sleep. So now we've taken those out of the equation, right? So you've got a tent, you've got a vehicle, and we're not including gas in the price. So the goal here is to do this in $25 or less, right? So some things to think about when you're thinking about that first trip, you're gonna need food. If you're like me, you're gonna need beer. That's an important component of any overlanding trip, in my opinion, especially if I'm going by myself, I'm gonna bring some beer. So I'm including that in my, in my calculations here. Um, you're gonna need some ice for your cooler to keep your food and your beer cold, right? So that's the third thing that you're gonna need. Uh, water is an important thing as well. So you're gonna need some water. Um, and I'll talk about that a little bit more here in a minute as far as how you can get that budget uh, minded. Um, you're gonna need a cooler. So I guess that's another thing that I'm assuming you have is some sort of a cooler, or you could, you know, for a few bucks, buy one of those styrofoam ones. They're not very good. They're not going to hold ice very well. Um, but again, you don't have to have a fancy, you know, $400 uh, RTIC cooler or anything like that. You just, you don't have to have a Yeti. You don't have to have anything like that. Um, my cooler that I'm going to take on a four-day trip that I'm going on in August is a $60 Coleman Extreme cooler. It's not expensive. Um, so, but that's gear, right? Like that's not for the trip. So again, I'm assuming that you have a cooler of some sort, even if it's a 50 year old Coleman that your parents gave you or something like that, you're going to need a cooler, um, but you don't need to go spend a million bucks on it. Just get what you can. Um, toilet paper. That's another thing. That's, you know, again, most of the things I'm going to be talking about in this video are things you can just find around your house. So I'm not including them in the budget. So grab some toilet paper. Don't forget that. It's important. Trust me, it'll ruin your trip. Um, and then the other things that we have to think about are fire starting. But again, to keep the costs down and make it so that we don't have to spend a bunch of money and go buy a bunch of fancy gear or, you know, flints or we don't need all that stuff, right? If you just got a lighter laying around your house that you use to start your grill or that you use to start your fire pit or, you know, whatever the case may be, you've probably got a lighter sitting somewhere around. Or if you're a smoker, you've got a lighter, right? So grab a lighter and then grab as much, you know, just sort of junk mail, newspaper, things like that as you can. That will work perfectly fine for your first trip to start a fire. So those are kind of the things we have to think about. Again, you could go kind of crazy. You could go out and buy a bunch of gear to take care of those things to start a fire. Um, you could get wet wipes and all kinds of stuff for, in lieu of toilet paper, but most of this stuff should be around your house. So trying to keep costs down, just try and find stuff around your house. So that being said, now we're starting to plan for our trip. So planning for the trip, what I'm thinking about is, again, I'm trying to be budget-minded here. So don't think that you have to get these exact same things. You can. You can replicate this if you want. Um, but what I would recommend is, you know, think about the things that you like and think about ways that you can maybe save on certain things. So, again, if you're not a beer drinker, you don't care about taking any beer with you, right there, that saves you about 10 bucks off of what I'm calculating for my budget. I can get a six-pack for 10 bucks. I could split it and have a few each night, have a perfectly good time. Um, but it is eating up about two-fifths of my budget just right there on the beer. So if you're not a beer drinker and you'd rather have, you know, some steak or something for dinner, go nuts. Go get a steak and you can change this budget around. So, but here's my budget. Here's what I'm kind of going with. So if you've ever been to the local grocery store and you've seen, you know, kids have Lunchables, right? So usually they're about a buck or two bucks, depending on how fancy they are, if they have a drink or not. Um, there are these things that I call adult Lunchables. 
They're from a company called Hillshire. I'm sure we've all heard of them before, probably, at least in my area. I've seen stuff that they sell. Um, they have these adult Lunchables that are sort of like fancy Lunchables. Uh, they come with little, like, toasted pieces of bread instead of crappy, soggy crackers. Uh, the one that I like the most has pepperoni and then some white cheddar with it. They're just... They're delicious. They're actually really good. They're, they have a good amount of calories in them. I think they're about 330 calories for the pepperoni one. Uh, but they're easy. They're self-contained. They're sealed. They're plastic. So you could put them in your cooler. They won't get ruined by the water from the ice. Uh, and they're about usually about two for five bucks or, you know, 250 or three bucks a piece. So I'm counting on them being 250 And so that's item number one. Hillshire Adult Lunchable, $2.50. Okay, so that's thing number one. The next thing, as I kind of already alluded to, for me, I need beer on a trip. So looking at just a good six-pack of beer, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in my old age becoming a beer snob. I, you know, you could get a lot more Bud Light or Miller Light or Coors Light or something like that if, if you like that kind of beer. And no, no offense if you do. Awesome. Good for you. I used to love it all the time. I drank Keystone like it was water when I was in college, believe me. But nowadays, I'm older. I'm like, you know what? I'd rather have a six-pack of good IPA or, you know, some sort of a good beer. So the average I would say for a decent six pack of beer is maybe eight fifty to 12 bucks. So I'm just going to average that out and go with $10 for a six pack. So that's the next thing that I'm talking about. A six pack of beer, 10 bucks. So now we're at twelve fifty total. Uh, next, we've got to think about our food. So in the place where I normally go is about an hour and a half away from my house. It's called Hoosier National Forest. Uh, on my way, I have kind of a tradition that I've established for myself now. There is a an A&W restaurant uh, that they have chili cheese dogs, chili cheese fries, all the chili, all the cheese on all the food. So I generally, on my way down, so let's say, let's assume that we're leaving on a Friday, leaving Friday afternoon or Friday evening and heading down. I'm going an hour and a half, so I'll be there by about dinner time. I'm going to assume that I'm going to just stop for the sake of ease. I don't have to take all this extra food with me. I'm going to stop off on my way down to the forest to stop at A&W. So I'm assuming six more dollars there, which puts us at $18.50. So I'm going to stop at A&W. I'm going to get chili cheese dog, chili cheese fries, maybe a Coke. Uh, that's going to take care of my food for dinner number night or dinner night number one, which is Friday. So that's dinner one. So then... Obviously, you have to have breakfast for Saturday morning, and you know you wouldn't have to for Sunday, but I'm trying to include it in the budget, so I'm, I'm including breakfast for Saturday and Sunday, so two breakfasts. Uh, what I like to do for those is, if you've ever seen those little cherry pies or apple pies, they have all these different kinds of little pies. They're terrible for you. They're full of sugar, but they're delicious, and they're easy. You don't have to refrigerate them. You can pop one open, eat it. It's delicious, especially when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Everything tastes good. Uh, so I'm counting on two of those. So that's two more dollars because they're a buck a piece. Um, so that brings us up to $20.50, right? I think we're at $20.50 right now. Um, so then we've got, to, we've got to think about dinner for Saturday night. So that's our next thing that we have to think about is dinner. For that dinner, what I'm doing to be budget-minded is I'm going to count on doing a container of ramen, and I'm rounding that way up and going with a buck for that. So a thing of ramen. I like shrimp. Beef is good. Chicken's good. They're all good for what they are, right? Um, but I'm thinking of doing a shrimp ramen instant meal. All I have to do is bring one of my pots, boil some water, drop it in there, boil it up, drain the water out, put the seasoning in, you're done. You're good. Um, and then 
in addition to that, I'm going to do some instant mashed potatoes. So nothing fancy. It doesn't have to be a mountain house. I don't have to spend a million dollars on it. You can just go to the grocery store, get one of those little packets of like Idaho potatoes or, you know, whatever the you know, Kroger brand or Marsh brand or whatever the grocery store is, Publix if you're down south. Um, just get one of the, it's about a buck. You get a bag of the instant potatoes. You mix them with some water. If you're really fancy, you could bring a little thing of butter if you want, um, but you don't have to. You boil water, you pour the stuff in, you mix it up. You've got mashed potatoes and you've got noodles. So then I've got noodles and mashed potatoes. I just put them, what I do is I take the pan or the pot and I make my mashed potatoes. I make my noodles at the same time. I have a double burner Coleman stove. I'll link to it below. Um, but I have a double burner Coleman stove. I got both of them running at the same time. I make my mashed potatoes. I make my ramen. I take my ramen. I dump it on top of the mashed potatoes, stir it all up, boom. A delicious dinner, $2. So that puts us at two more dollars for that. Um, and then the last thing that you have to think about, which actually is one of the first things, but the last thing that I'm going to add to this budget is you need a big bag of ice. So I'm counting $250 for that, which should get us to right about $25. Um, so let's run through that list one more time. So basically, for a two-day overlanding trip, $25 is my budget for everything, not including my tent, my gas, you know, the stuff that I should already have. I'm going to buy a bag of ice to start. $2.50. Then, from there, I'm going to buy some beer. Six-pack. $10. Then, from there, I'm going to buy at the same place, the grocery store. I'm going to buy my dinner for the second night, which is ramen and instant mashed potatoes. Two more dollars. I'm going to buy my breakfast cherry pies, which takes care of Saturday and Sunday mornings. Two more dollars. And then, um, on my way down, I'm going to stop, and I'm just going to pick up some fast food, about $6. That brings us to a total of about $25. So as you can see there, you know, this is just meant to be sort of a discussion to show you that, again, you don't have to go out and buy a ton of gear. You don't have to spend a ton and, you know, get the scottle and get steaks and shrimp and noodles and all this stuff. You don't have to do that. You can't. And there's nothing wrong with that either. I, you know, some trips, that's great. But if you just want to get started and you want to get out there and see if you like it and see how you do with bugs and sleeping outside and exploring and how much fun it is to sort of check out different things in, you know, your local national forest or state park, uh, just go cheap. So we've covered the food. We've covered the beer. We've covered the ice. We've got all of our, our budget taken care of for what we're going to do for food. Other things that you're going to need. We've talked through them a little bit at the beginning. Now I'm going to go through them in a little bit more detail. You're going to need some sort of a water jug. You definitely don't want to get, you know, stuck out somewhere in the wilderness with no sort of water. I personally have a five-gallon Coleman water jug that's reusable. I just fill it up every time, take it with me. I, I usually don't even fill it up, maybe halfway, just bring a couple gallons with me, especially if it's just a two-day trip. Um, I use that. That thing costs about 20 bucks. So, again, you don't have to buy that gear. You can take an old milk bottle, wash it out, fill it up with water. You can buy a gallon of water for maybe, what, a buck or two at a Walmart or a grocery store, things like that, and you can just bring it with you already filled with water. Um, so use what you got. If you if you want to be extremely budget-minded, just take something that you've already got laying around your house, take a couple of big water bottles and fill them up, and then there you've got your water. Um, again, the cooler. I'm assuming that you have some sort of a cooler or something laying around your house already. Uh, regardless of how good it is, if you're just out there for two days, you'll probably be fine if you fill it up with a bunch of ice. So... You know, just use what you can and then go on the trip. Don't let that hold you back. Don't feel like you have to spend a million dollars to get a fancy cooler. Just use what you've got. Go out there and then you'll see. Like, wow, okay, this old Coleman that I've got or whatever, uh, it held ice pretty well for a day and a half. And then by the end of the second day, things were starting to warm up. My ice was all melted. That kind of sucks. 
then you can say, you know, I'm going to take a bunch of two day trips. That's going to be my, the most of what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave work on Friday. I'm going to go to my place. I'm going to camp out Friday night, spend all day there Saturday, camp out Saturday night, and then leave Sunday morning. If that's your MO, if that's what you're, you're going to be doing, then maybe it is a worthwhile upgrade for you to purchase a nicer cooler that's going to hold ice longer. Um, I'll put a tag up here for a couple of the coolers that I've reviewed in the past. Uh, the Titan one is a little bit shorter term. It probably won't last two days. The F40C4 TMP will last the two days. However, I recently, and I'm, I'm going to be releasing an update video, one of the T handles that lock it down snapped. So something to consider. It's an inexpensive cooler, but if the quality is not as good and it's going to break, maybe not worth it, but something like that. So if you can find a cooler like that, um, I'm going to be checking out more here soon. And as soon as I do, I will definitely post up about those as well to give you guys a heads up on, hey, this one's a good one, this one's not. Um, but so a cooler may be a good place to invest some money. Um, toilet paper, you know, you got to have that. You should have it laying around the house. Again, you could dive deeper into this as well. I have a five-gallon bucket. I have a little toilet seat that fits on top of the bucket. That's my go-to. I Eventually, I even bought a tent that's like a tall sort of small it's intended to be like a portable toilet tent. So basically it kind of gives you about the room of a, of a porta porta John or whatever you want to call them. Um, but you have a tent that goes around that. So you have some privacy so you can spend as much or as little as you want on that sort of stuff. You can lean on a tree and do it for free, or you can spend 30 bucks on the tent thing. You can spend, you know, a few bucks at Lowe's on a bucket. You can spend 20 bucks on the seat. You know, you could spend as much or as little as you want on that. It's all about your comfort and, and what you want to do. Um, but to get started, just get out there, take some toilet paper. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll survive, I promise. Um, and then as far as fire starting goes, again, this is something that a lot of people get really into. Personally, I'm not a huge like fire crafter. I don't, uh, you know, bring out feral rods and, and try and, you know, strike up my own fire. I, I have been interested in it and I have built um, some Tinder kits. So you can look for some videos. There's some on YouTube of you know, people taking dryer lint from their dryer and mixing it with wax. And there's all these different, you know, techniques that you can do. Um, but that's just stuff you have laying around too. If you're emptying out your dryer, instead of throwing it away, what I do is I just keep a big plastic bag around and I just stuff it all in there. And then when I'm going camping, grab a few of those uh, pieces of that lint out. And that's a great fire starter. Totally free. It's actually kind of the way I look at it, recycling basically, because I was just going to throw it in the trash, but now I'm using it to start a fire. Um, but that's just something that's around your house. So Think about the fire starting stuff too, but you don't have to spend any money to have a good, easy way to start a fire. Um, so now that being said, then the last thing that I will talk about is trash bags. So, you know, when you go anywhere, of course, whatever you pack in, you want to pack back out. So you don't have to get a big trash roo. You don't have to spend 50 bucks and get a big trash roo and be a real overlander, if you will. Uh, you can just bring trash bags from home. And I would recommend bringing two or three at least because if you think about it, especially if you do go the bucket route, you're going to have to go to the bathroom. You're going to have to have something to go to the bathroom into that then you can take back out with you. Um, so having one bag for you know a toilet and then one for the rest of your trash works out pretty well. Um, again, I always like to be prepared. So I bring you know eight or 10 trash bags with me, just keep them all balled up and in my backpack just in case. So I've always got one in case. Um, sometimes I'll pull up to a campsite and it'll have a ton of trash in it. I always like to clean that up because it just makes me mad that people just left cans everywhere and bottles. Um, so usually the first thing I do when I get to a campsite is walk around, pick up all the existing trash. And I usually have a full trash bag before I've ever even set anything up or done anything myself. Um, so bring a few extras of that. But again, they're laying around your house. Um, so it shouldn't cost you anything per se out of pocket. So again, we're coming up on the 20 minutes here, guys. Uh, so I hope that you got a lot of good information out of that. I hope that you enjoyed 
uh, sort of walking through it with me mentally how the the budgeting will work. Um, but keep in mind, again, you do not have to spend a million dollars to go overlanding. You don't really have to spend anything. Use the stuff that you've got around your house, and then all you have to worry about really is ice, food, beer. That's really the only things that you have to worry about. So I hope that that kind of gives you guys some ideas. I hope that that frees you up to realize that you don't have to spend a million dollars when you're going to go out and go overlanding. Um, if you enjoyed the episode, and I hope you did, please feel free to, you know, on the YouTube video, like the video below, throw up a comment, throw up uh, an idea for something that you'd like to hear about on the next episode. Uh, same with the podcast. If you like the podcast, feel free to go to allthingsoverlanding.com. On there are the links to all the different uh, social channels to YouTube. If that just makes it easier for you to go and find places to subscribe, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I'd love to engage with you guys on all those platforms. So, you know, whatever works best for you, listen to the podcast, watch the YouTube video. Um, but please, please, please like, comment, and subscribe. That really helps me make sure that I'm heading in the right direction, that I'm helping you guys out with the information that you need. Um, so again, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. That's time. Thanks again for listening. Have a good one. Live, learn, and discover. Bye.